This morning, I'd like us to look briefly at Matthew's account of the gospel story, Matthew's account of Jesus' birth. Um, so if you have your Bibles and you want to turn them to Matthew chapter 1, otherwise it's going to be on the screen behind me. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Will you pray with me? Our Father, we we celebrate once again that we get to be together this morning to remember Jesus' birth and everything that came after. Not just his birth, but what his birth meant for the rest of his life and the rest of our lives and all eternity. And we pray, Father, that you would be with us, that you would you would quiet the distractions of our hearts, the, um, the meals to be prepared, and the logistics to be nailed down, and, and that in this moment we could, we could behold Jesus as he is, and that we would, we would rejoice at the good news of great joy. So please help us, God. Please help us to hear from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to notice just one thing from this passage. I want you to notice Matthew's concern with Jesus' name. That word comes up multiple times in the passage. In verse 21, the angel says to Joseph, Joseph now is troubled because he's found out that the girl he's engaged to is going to have a baby, and he had nothing to do with that. That's troubling him. So he's, he's sleeping, he's troubled, he's trying to figure out what to do, and the angel comes to him and says, Joseph, I want you to marry Mary. I want you to take Jesus as your own. I want you to name him. I want you to name him Jesus. And Jesus means the Lord saves, the Lord rescues. So you said you'll name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And then again in verse 25, Joseph does just what the angel said, and he called his name Jesus. Now those are simple enough, but, but that, that word name comes up one more time. In the middle of the passage, uh, Matthew says that Jesus' birth fulfills a prophecy From the Old Testament book of Isaiah, he says that in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, Matthew can't mean that that Jesus fulfills that prophecy by being literally named Emmanuel because his name was Jesus. He fulfills that prophecy by being Emmanuel, by being God with us, conceived by the Holy Spirit, God himself come to live among us. So how do you 
think about God? Do you think of God as being fairly distant from the daily reality of your life, kind of off somewhere on a mountaintop or away in a heavenly paradise far removed from your sufferings, your struggles, your fears? Do you think of him as, as someone kind of hard to reach, that it's, it's hard for your prayers to get through? After all, there are so many people that he has to think about. There's so, so many concerns he deals with. What, how important could you be to him in the scheme of things? One of the remarkable things you notice about God as you read through the, the story of Scripture is, is his deep desire to be with his people. We talked about, you know, thinking of God as being kind of high off on a mountain. There's a place like that in the Old Testament where God is on a mountain, and he calls Moses up and gives him the law, the Ten Commandments. But, but one of the main things that God is telling Moses on that mountain is how to build a tent, a tabernacle, where God could travel with his people, where he could, he could just pitch his tent in the middle of the camp and, and mix it up with his people. He wanted to be with them. And then when God brings them into their land that he promised them, he, he tells them to build a temple, a permanent house for God. So the people could always have this, this visible reminder that God was with them. They knew that if they, if they came to the temple, if they prayed towards the temple, God was there and God would hear them. He was with his people. But none of that compares to this. Even that wasn't close enough for God. He wants to be with us, so he chose to enter the world as one of us, to experience hunger and thirst and tiredness and temptation, our, our sadness and our gladness too. He's not far off, just consumed with details um, that are much more important than the realities of our life. He's come to be near us, to be one of us, to know us intimately. He knows what it's like to be human. He knows what we go through because he's been one. But another thing you notice as you read through Scripture is that even though God has this deep desire to be with his people, he always keeps people at a bit of a distance. So the temple was this, this permanent reminder that God was with his people, but it was also a reminder of his distance because in the temple there was a curtain and the people couldn't pass through it. it. It separated them from the presence of God because God was holy. He was righteous and perfect, and his people were not, and were not. We are all, by nature and by choice, we are we're born and we grow up, we live separated from God. We have not lived the lives we should have. We're separated from God because of our sins. We haven't loved him with all of our heart. We haven't loved him more than anything else. We haven't loved our neighbors as we love ourselves. None of us have. And we're separated from God because of our sins. So how can God be with us? How can God come so close and live among us when he is holy and we are not? And the answer is in Jesus' name. He was called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We were separated from God by our sins, but because of how much he loved us at the first Christmas, God sent his son into the world to rescue us, to save us from our sins. Because Jesus didn't, he didn't stay a baby. He didn't stay in the manger. He grew up, and at every point along the way, he lived the life we should have lived. At every point, he honored God. At every point, he loved his neighbor. He lived the perfect life we should have done. And at the end of his life, he suffered on a Roman cross, the infinite separation from God, that we deserved. He was cut off. He was cast away so we could be brought in. So now everyone who trusts in him will be rescued, forgiven, reconciled, adopted as God's children. We will be saved from our sins. He saves us from our sins. He brings us 
back to God. And that's how, even today, God can be with us. But what, what difference does it make that God is with us? What difference does it make day by day? It, so many differences, all the difference in the world, but in this passage especially, freedom from fear. The original context of this quote from Isaiah was a situation of great fear. It was the time of King Ahaz, who was one of the, the descendants of David, a king over God's people. And in the days of Ahaz, two neighboring kings had joined forces to try to conquer God's people. And, and the king and God's people were terrified. Isaiah tells us, he says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 2, he says, The heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. They were terrified. They were trembling. They, they knew that the, the, this threat is too great for them. They weren't strong enough to face two enemies at the same time. Their future was out of their control. So they lived in fear. And so God sent Ahaz a message by way of Isaiah that he was going to take care of those kings. And he was going to give him a sign to show that he would do it. And the sign was that a child would be born whose name would be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We're not in control of our future either. And so many of us live in fear. We fear that we're going to lose our influence over our kids, that they're slipping away from us. So, so even at Christmas, we, we're afraid and we're trying to make every celebration as, as wonderful as possible, trying to keep our grip on their hearts. We fear that this will be our last Christmas with a loved one, or this will be our last Christmas. We fear that we're stuck in our career, that this time next year, nothing will have changed. We fear that this time next year, we'll still be alone. We fear the loss of our culture to a generation that's rejecting our values. There's so little we can actually control, and so we fear. But God has given us a sign in the midst of our fear, a child who doesn't just remind us that God is with us, but who is God with us. God is with us. The God who made all things is with us. The God who upholds the universe is with us. The God who loves us enough to enter our world and dwell in the dirty reality of our life, that God is with us. He's with us now, today. Now, we have to be careful here. God is with us. Does that mean that none of what we fear will happen? That we won't lose our job? That the biopsy won't come back positive? That our kids won't pull away? It doesn't mean that. Otherwise, what would we conclude when our brothers and sisters suffer except that God wasn't actually with them? Kim and I got news this week um, about a family that we were in small group with in Wisconsin, where we lived before we moved here, and they suffered a tragedy this week that I don't even want to tell you about. Was it because God wasn't with them? No. No. So then, if, if hard things still come, what good is it that God is with us? Remember, the God who is with you is the God who gave his son's life to bring you back to him. If God treated you like that when you were enemies, when you were far from him, when you were separated by your sins, how will he treat you now that you're family? Now that he's with you, no one loves you more than he does, and no one has more power than he does. He has not promised to protect you from everything you fear, but he has promised that none of it will separate you from his love. 
none of it will keep him from exercising his power to care for you. None of it will destroy your trust in him. If you have trusted in Jesus, no matter what happens, all of it will work out for your good. God will work it together for your good, for your, the growth of your trust in him, for your eternal joy. He holds the future, and he loves you. So fear not. The birth of Jesus means that God is not far off. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And if you're trusting in him, you can be free from fear today because you know that he is with you in all his love and power, and he always will be. And that's a reason to sing. So let's pray together, and then let's, let's sing our hearts out to that God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you this morning. We glorify your name because you entered our world not out of curiosity, not just to see what it was like. You entered our world to suffer what we deserved, to live the life we should have lived, to die the death we deserved so that we could be brought back to God forever, so that now, by your Spirit, you could be with us every day, all day, working for our good, giving us strength, sustaining us, growing our love for you. You are with us. You love us. You delight over us. We don't deserve it, but you do because you're so good. And so we celebrate this morning the baby who was born to be God with us, the baby who was born to die and to rise and to reign for us forever. Father, please help us today to treasure him and to praise him as we should. We pray it in his name. Amen.